Welcome to our podcast. I'm Jess. I'm Mandy. And we are Drama Bonded, a podcast where we bond over the drama and trauma in the Bachelor multiverse and throughout Western pop culture. Hey. Hi, friend. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Good. I'm good. You know, just it's been a good week, actually, I guess. Fine. That's a full lie, but I'm trying. I'm (laughs) I'm trying really hard to pretend that. (laughs) Really? No. No, it's okay. Um... Sometimes mind over matter, you know? Yeah. Fake it till you make it. Yeah. And like my week actually hypothetically has been fine, but I'm just feeling like kind of in a funky mood. So she logistically actually has had a bad week <laughs> and I'm just like, mer. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, so I wanted to start off. I've got three questions for you. Three questions. All right. You ready? Yeah. Is it conk, conch, or cronk? <laughs> I think I've always said conk. Wow, I feel dumb. Well, I, I don't know if I'm right, though. I have no idea if I'm right either. Zach said it, and I was like, hmm. How do you say it? I always say conch. The conch shell. But actually, it's one of those things where I don't, I've, up until that moment, I have never heard anybody else say that word out loud. I don't know if I have either. Okay, well, someone email us, because we don't know the answer to this. How do you say this word? Gondola or gondola? Oh, gondola. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) Uh, Next question. Is it nux or knuckles? Ooh. um, I've said and heard both. I also have never heard nux before. So Zach is just blowing my mind this week <laughs> street smarts i feel like that's a little bit more of a, like a slang term oh, i'm definitely not cool enough for the slang term i will stick to knuckles i think i use knuckles more because yeah i don't know knucks yeah that just doesn't sound natural in my mouth i mean i call it booms actually i think i say bump it bump it yeah well the kiddos call it booms so booms booms Okay. Anyway, anyway, I just wanted to know what your take was not as. And then my last question, do you, or rather should you, gossip with your significant other? Well, Jess. (laughs) 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 I would say, you know, growing up we learned that gossip is never good and... You know, it's like a life lesson that you shouldn't be talking about people behind their backs. But yeah, I definitely gossip with my uh, significant other. Okay, yeah, me too. However, it is not, and I repeat, it is not a good idea to do that when you are on this show to gossip with the lead. Like nobody, it never ends well when people do that. That is fair. So I mean, I think it, it, when while you're on the show... Yes, you are dating this one person. Like you are, all of these women are dating Zach, right? But is Zach their significant other? I feel like no. No. Okay. Okay. There's the clarification. Just, just curious. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if you're dating around, or if you're dating a fuck boy, and you don't know where that boy's been or who else he's talking to, you should not gossip to that boy. That's very smart. That is good advice. <laughs> this is why I asked the questions. Those were good questions. Like you, you come and prepared. Come up with good answers. Yeah. Um, well, I feel like this episode, while fine, I wasn't confident in our ability to talk about it for nearly an hour per se. So I just I I wanted to open up with that. Next time I'm gonna come with questions based on the episode. I like that. Oh, I love it. Yeah, do it. Just totally surprised me with those. You're welcome. Um wanted to say hey to Lisa. On Instagram, I suspect yeah. she's, it's all of Mandy's friends that are no. following what his What about party. Eric? And then who is your other friend? Happy. Happy, yeah. No, it's true. We have a lot of people, but it's. Yeah, Lisa's great. She um, used to be my coworker and we still stay in touch. She's fabulous. So nice. That was a, that was a really great post for us. So thank you. 
and uh, we come at you now with our campy review. Mandy, what we got? This week, we are reviewing um, Sour Berry Gushers. I did not realize they were actually Sour Gushers. I was like, man, these are tart for just like regular old candy, and I could not figure out why I was having such a hard time. I feel better now. She she did say that. She's like, whoa, these are sour, and I was like, well, they are sour, but... Missed the memo. <laughs> Um, still delicious though actually and especially now that I know that very good yeah they were there was blue and red so I guess those were our berry flavors and mm, I thought that the juice in the gusher was more sour than the gusher gummy part if the gummy part had also been sour I would have had to have tapped out (laughs) so I love sour candy I mean there are I think there's been like a couple like warheads are too sour there's also those like Albanese gummy bears. The sour ones, there's no like redeeming sweet part about them. They're just, just sour. fucking sour. That, you know, you're, like your mouth salivates to the point where it's like kind of hurting sour. Well, yeah. And then you like rub your tongue raw with yeah. the, the, the citric acid that covers every one of those. Yeah. But aside from those, you know, very few exceptions to the rule, I'm a huge fan of sour candy. Interesting. I'm not typically. Okay, well, I'll I'll try to bring less sour candy. Oh, no, it's fine. This is good. I'm branching out. Expanding my candy horizons. (laughs) But you got to tell the people where you get this stuff because somebody went looking for the Gushers High Fusions. High Chews? What were those? Oh. The High Chews. I'm, wow, it's late, you guys. It's it's nearing pre-bedtime. But um, the, the High Chews that had the, the center in them. I think I got those at Target. Okay. Don't quote me on it. The Gushers. Okay. Here's the thing. If you want new random candy, the place to go is gas stations. Yeah, that is true. Most of the time, grocery stores aren't going to be changing their candy selection very much, but there's something about a convenience store where they are always open to new weird shit. I love that. (laughs) That is some good also information there. There we go. Don't gossip with fuckboys. Gas stations, not grocery stores. Gas stations are your best bet for new candy. All the wisdom coming at you. And it might be conk. (laughs) We don't know. So um, that's our candy review with Mandy and Jess. Boop. We're actually going to make up a song, but I will admit that's on me that we haven't done it yet. And, um, (laughs) you know, when you're doing this as like a passion project hobby on top of all of your other real life stuff, I will admit that I'm just having a hard time. <laughs> yeah the, we're gonna get done guys we will the podcast has been i guess i never really assumed it was not going to be a not a lot of work it's 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 a fair amount of work to to show up once a week and yeah and we're still having a great time and maybe you know we're, this is our first season so maybe our second and third season will get you know they'll be even brighter and shinier and more refined but we're still figuring it out yeah yeah i like it we're doing good uh so this Week we're gonna start off, I guess, opening with a, a slightly heavier topic. That's that's actually not new for us, but um, this week uh, Brooklyn went on a one-on-one with Zach and opened up about being a victim of domestic abuse. And her story was incredibly harrowing. It is hers to tell, however she wants, when she wants. Um, yeah, you could tell her telling that story was. It was physically and emotionally a really hard thing for her to do. Absolutely. That was incredibly brave of her to open up that way. That's one of those date confessionals that really just gut punches you. Um, and for Brooklyn, she was in you know a position to wake up one day and decide that enough was enough and she left. And that is absolutely incredible and yeah after what 6 years yeah, i think six she said 6 years it is wild um and and you know i want to really preface this with not to in any way shape or form diminish or take away from her story i just feel like i can't gloss over the topic of domestic abuse without also making it clear that not everybody is in a position to leave those situations and just because you don't leave or you know someone who hasn't left does not mean that they like it, that they're asking for that it. That they're weak. Yeah, or, they, you know, that they're doing something wrong. Those abusive relationships 
can be, you know, you, you virtually become a prisoner and it can be incredibly hard to get away from that. And that should never be a reflection of somebody who doesn't manage to get out of a relationship like that. Yeah. And I think, um, first of all, when you've been something through that traumatic being, you have to heal from it. And the fact that she, you know, hopefully Brooklyn's, I mean, the fact that she was able to talk about it on television, I think is a sign that she's probably done a lot to heal from it. And I hope she continues doing things to continue healing from it because you take all of that trauma from that relationship into your next relationship. Yes. So I think it's, first of all, really important that she did tell Zach. Um, But also, I think there's so much power in survivors of these situations being able to share their stories so that women who have been in similar situations or women who are currently in those situations can relate to Brooklyn's experience. And I just think there's so much power in being able to talk about these harder topics because I think that shame and trauma is more relatable than we even pretend to understand. Yeah. And that was one of the things that she said that was so heartbreaking is her saying that she's embarrassed and like, uh, I just want to take that embarrassment from her because that is not something that anybody who is currently in an abusive relationship has been in one deserves to feel like that, that shame and embarrassment should be on the person who is harming another human being. That is not a feeling that she should feel. And it really is heartbreaking, but I think you're absolutely right. Like it's hard to not feel that way about it. And part of that I think stems from the fact that these are really hard conversations. And so they don't happen as often as they can. They don't happen at a level with which people understand that they're nuanced and, you know, it's, it is, not always straightforward why people stay in abusive relationships. And it doesn't matter if you're poor, rich, smart, dumb. It just, you know, anybody can wind up in a situation like that. And it's really, I think we need to talk about it more and no one should feel shame for having been in a situation like that. I thousand percent agree. So we just wanted to touch on that. I couldn't let that slide by. Um, yeah, so first of all, um, thanks to Brooklyn for yeah. being really open and vulnerable about her experience. But also, you know, we just don't want this show to gloss over and maybe make these assumptions of, I don't know, we just don't want people to be left feeling a certain way yeah. if they have been in a similar situation or, or are in a similar situation. Right. I think that's one of the the great things about a show. We've talked about this, that, you know... I don't know if The Bachelor's ever brought up domestic violence, but here's a really great opportunity to talk about it a little more nationally. But also the show is not capable of having a full conversation with the nuance required to understand these situations. And so that's where having a podcast comes in handy and we can can and should and did break it down a little bit more. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, the rest of the episode should be a little more fun. We thought we'd get that out of the way at the beginning. Yeah. But I mean, I'm really glad we took a few minutes to talk about it because we were both really affected by it. Yeah, that was that was really hard to watch. Stuff like that. Ugh, not fun. So this week, everybody headed to the Bahamas. The Bahamas. What did Zach call himself? A Bahama Papa? Looking for his Bahama, Bahama. Mama. Mm-hmm. I really liked Katie's Bahama Mama, no drama, and her like gun shooting fingers. Yeah, that was a really fun little dance. <laughs> yeah, the women were amped. I love seeing them like throw all their shit in a suitcase. Oh, that was one of the things I wanted to talk to you about. Do you think they actually like the flight actually leaves an hour or the car to the flight leaves in an hour? Because like no fucking way are what 15 women gonna pack their bags and be to a flight in an hour just no as someone who is always running at least 15 minutes late in life i can tell you that jess is totally on point with that. <laughs> yeah i feel like jesse just says that to spur the women to move fast but that ultimately the car is going to leave in an hour ideally but also when he tells them they're kind of in like loungy pajamas they're not you know their makeup isn't done so they have to get ready and pack to go into an international vacation for sure one time, this I think is kind of relevant. One time on Big Brother, they woke the contestants up at like six in the morning. And mind you, nobody goes to bed until 5 a.m. I suspect it's kind of similar in this house because it doesn't seem like anybody has regular sleeping schedules. Um, 
But basically, they gave the contestant two minutes to get out of bed, get ready, be downstairs, ready for a competition. And somebody didn't make it. And they were just like, tough cookies. And I feel like this is the bachelor equivalent of that, is telling women they have to be ready in an hour for a flight. I want to see some women left behind. (laughs) There's like a game aspect to it. Yeah, you're not ready. You're out. I want a oh, big shit. countdown. I want to watch these women get ready. I want to watch that too. I like this. Let's like gamify The Bachelor more. Just throw in random curveballs where it's like, oh, if you don't make the cut, you're out. Well, for a minute when they all showed up on the beach for the fish fry for the group date, for a moment I forgot what I was watching and I was like, Survivor, they're going to do some <laughs> ridiculous thing where they're going to have to hold on to things for a really long time. And I was like, wrong show. But they should do that. I think that would be way fun to watch these women do like Survivor Big Brother type competitions. Yeah, they. Um, I don't think. Do, have you heard about Bachelor Pad? I have. Yeah, but that was kind of like the closest the Bachelor ever got to this, and this was, this was the um, kind of offshoot version of the show that happened before Bachelor in Paradise, where all of these people that were on the Bachelor, they. I don't remember. It might have been in the Bachelor Mansion. I'm not sure, but they're all sharing a house together. And then there was a lot of strategy in the fact that there's all these challenges and stuff and the winners from the challenges would get um, a perk in the game. But basically the, the show whittles it down to one couple. So you're also trying to date amidst all these things. And so I think it kind of had a similar thing to paradise where you had to give someone a rose to stay in the competition. So the show whittles down to one couple and it was, um, the couple had to decide either to share the winning money or so like each person would have a piece of paper and you had to put share or keep. If you both put keep, neither of you got the money. If you both put share, you split the money. And if one person put keep and one person put share, then the one person would get to keep the money. Oh. Yeah. So that was actually a little bit more of like a you're in it for the money kind of thing. Oh, yeah. But I do think that there was um, some successful couples that came from that show. Oh, I have to check that out. Well, there you go. Okay. Bahamas. Cat uh, gets the one-on-one. She's pumped. Greer is sad. Cat. Um, <laughs> Wish Cat was on my top four. That's all I have to say. No kidding. I... Yeah, they had chemistry. Before we get to their date, one thing I want to talk about, Greer got the first impression rose and it kind of feels like she's reading the room and also is getting the sense that like she's not progressing. Um, so I I went to my 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 favorite Instagram page, Bachelor Data, and she talked about this. 50% of people that get the first impression rose do make it to hometowns. Out of the 28 combined seasons, 14 have made it to hometowns or further. Um, 21% get home sent the week before hometowns. So it's going to be really dependent on re- when Greer gets her one-on-one. Some one-on-one information, if I can. Please. I'm talking. Sorry, we're just going. So hometowns happen at week eight. If somebody gets their one-on-one between week seven in, or between six and seven, they're probably going home. Nobody that's ever had, with the exception of, I think, like Hannah G, the other person. Mm-hmm. Everybody else who gets a one-on-one in those two weeks ends up leaving. And for The Bachelor, whoever gets a one-on-one between week three and five, you can kind of start to predict some winners there. So it's possible. So we're in week four, right? Yeah, so whoever gets... One-on-one next week is a potential winner. Okay. So like last week, this week, and next week. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that I, also leaves Kat in the mix. And I mean, yeah, I also regret not putting Kat on my list because, wow. Can we just talk about how she wasn't the original Kat and then Kat went home and now Catherine's Kat, which is fine. But I'm also like, let's not forget the OG Kat. Cat, kitty Cat. Yeah. Yeah. Rawr. Yep. Um, well, first of all, thank you for sharing those stats. You're welcome. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, I do think something happens with Greer, though, because she wasn't in, in the when the show launched and they're like this season on The Bachelor. There was a part 
where Greer was like, I'm not going to beg for you or something in the season promo. Oh. So I don't know what happens. I don't know if she gets a one-on-one, but I do think something's going to pick up with Greer, whether it goes somewhere or she, you know, she crashes and burns. I have no idea. Yeah. But I will say that there has been like no interaction with them, like no chemistry, no, like and it, it is kind of crazy that she got the first impression rose and we have, it's fizzled because it isn't, Usually the person who gets the first impression rose isn't on the one, first one-on-one dates in like the first two episodes. That's like normal. So I wasn't really that skeptical about it. But now I'm like, wait, what week is it? Where did Greer go? What are we doing? Yeah. Greer who? Yeah. And also, I mean, side note, I didn't like her energy with the flamingos. Oh, yeah. She She's seemed kind of weird. I totally briefly forgot about the flamingos and also need baby flamingos in my life. Allie with the baby flamingo was probably the best, probably one of the top five thing, top five favorite things I've ever seen on the show. Oh yeah, me too. I had no idea that I needed to get to the Bahamas to hang out with flamingos until she was sitting there. Davio was also really funny. <laughs> she was. And that way, I mean, I mean like, I don't know. We didn't know Davia that well, but I was a little bummed because she seemed like sincerely really like sad that she was losing yeah. that connection that she maybe felt with him. But seeing how funny she was with the flamingos, I was like, man, I wish we could have seen, seen more, more of Davia. That. Yeah. The women's personalities don't always come through. I keep thinking about that with Susie from Clayton season, and she is actually really hilarious. Yeah. And we saw none, none of, of that. that. Not anything i would i mean i didn't dislike Susie, but i was never like a huge Susie fan and then after listening to her interviewed on multiple podcasts i'm like man she is a catch she's a catch and she is funny and she so is so intelligent so eloquent oh, absolutely yeah so kind of a bummer which is also a good thing to like always keep in mind when you're watching reality tv is that these shows are edited and yeah. you are being in a way manipulated to feel a way about contestants and it's not always the best representation good or bad as to who they are i also think so and you tell me what you think but like shows like big brother or some of the bravo shows that i watch i feel like the contestants are going there and maybe for a different reason and so if you're going there to like do challenges or if you're going there to do I don't know, something that isn't about dating. I feel like you're in an environment where you might just be more comfortable being who you are because you're not trying to impress anyone. Oh, that's a whatnot. Really good point. Whereas if like you're all trying to date the same guy and you've never been on television before, like I probably wouldn't be very true to myself either. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, though, because on those other shows like Big Brother, people lie about their professions. They, you know, you try to play your cards a little closer to your chest. There's like a strategy. But I do take your point, though, that like dating is really awkward and you're trying to put your best foot forward while still being authentic, but also not too nerdy. But yeah, like I get what you're saying. It, It is really hard to strike that balance when you're on these shows. Like, it's hard to strike that balance with someone that you really like that you're not competing with 29 other women for. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then you're just trying to show all the best parts of yourself, which can come off as really. Yeah. It's like, how do you stand out? How do you make a move? How do you? I don't know. Like, I think I would totally overthink it. Well, I definitely think we see Kylie implode later on experiencing exactly what you're talking about. Like. Clearly, she's got a stronger sense of self, but now that she's in that situation, she's just, she lost it. Yeah. So I I think you're right. It can be really difficult to, not even just the editing, but also just for these women to be themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, back to Catherine's date. I laughed when Zach was trying to put sunscreen on her. When he was SBFing her. It looked so handsy. He was just like <laughs> gently like, I don't know, like not like rubbing all over her swimsuit. And like, was there even something? I like put something I'm like, you're getting this in. Like, and like, if your whole back is not white, I have not done my job. And he's like, Zach, that is lazy SBFing and I do not approve. I think he was just so nervous to be around her for some reason. And he t- he literally said, she makes me nervous. I know. I kind of get the sense that they're also just like really horny for each other. They had such good chemistry. And then they're like in swimsuits and like touching each other with sunscreen. Like that's also a hard situation to be like, oh my God, I'm touching your body. 
lathering you up. Yeah. I loved seeing them goofy dance. Like, I, I don't know. Zach is, he's a little uptight. You know what I mean? First of all, there's so many great Zach moments in this episode. So I'm not just shitting on Zach. But he, he needs to, like, loosen up a little bit. And I felt like his goofy dance was, like, a step in the right direction. Like, he's he was trying to be, like, a little goofier around a woman that made he him also, nervous. Yeah, and then I guess he also did acknowledge he probably didn't do the best job putting sunscreen on her and, like, asked Kat if she needed more sunscreen. <laughs> so... You know, he is he is putting his best foot forward, but I think you're right. If he would just it's it's gotta be hard to be the lead. Was she a dermatologist? Yeah, I think she was the one that came in with the SPF. With, yeah, okay. I, I mean, I remember the SPFing me, but I didn't remember I I felt like it was because she was a dermatologist, but I couldn't remember. Um one of the things that I wanted to say, that date was so cool. I had to look up those statues underwater. I, I didn't know anything about that. And so that is the Bahamas Reef Environment Educational Foundation set up this coral reef sculpture garden and coral nursery. Uh, the Bahamas is home to 35% of all coral reefs in the Caribbean. Wow, and, I didn't know that. Yeah. And devastatingly, 80% of live coral reefs have died in the last 50 years due to human impact. So what this this organization is trying to do is, one, draw attention to the crisis facing their coral reefs, which I also didn't know. Coral reefs help break waves against storms. So when tropical storms blow through, those coral reefs act as a, a literal barrier and prevent waves from crashing as hard onto the shore. They break the waves earlier. Wow. Um, so what they're trying to do is they've got this garden where they're growing um, staghorn coral and these sculptures are used as a tourist attraction. Uh, the really large one is uh, Ocean Atlas, which was done by Jason DeCares Taylor as a British activist artist. Uh, the one that I saw that really caught my eye was Virtuoso Man. Um, the artist is Wilsey Tynes. And then there's the Lucayan Face by Andre John. And both of those artists are um, Bahamian. Um, wow yeah and like i had no idea like i i that rarely do i see stuff on tv where i'm like hey, i want to go stick my face in the water but like that makes me want to go to the bahamas and go snorkeling very cool yeah. i would love to do that same thank you for looking up that information yeah no problem happy to nerd out to that we should probably go to the bahamas oh, yeah, let's do it it's for the podcast yeah <laughs> research, <laughs> research. <laughs> tax write-off i'm kidding um, we're not making many money. <laughs> yeah. There's there's nothing to write off. But when we do, we're going to go to the Bahamas. Oh, yes. We just have to break even first. So yeah. far, we're negative. Um, yeah. I, I kind of want to back, like, I don't know if you said it yet, but like, I regret not putting Kat in my top four. Well, multiple reasons. First of all, the fact that I think multiple times he's like, she makes me nervous. She looks like a model. Like, why is she single? Why is she here for me? It was cute. I I don't remember very many times on the show where the lead has been like, why is this person here to date me? Like, they're so cute. Like, so I thought that, that I thought that was cute to see the side of Zach that yeah. he was like kind of insecure about how pretty she was. It did like bring out Zach's nerdier side for sure. Where I was like, oh, he's he is kind of not used to having the the attention of all the ladies, and so I think it probably yeah it was a shock for him. But I think they look really cute together. I don't think that's a case of like somebody no, dating up really or down. That's totally. they're both they're both attractive people. It fits. Well, I think Zach um, just with his. You know, we know some things about his history where he felt like at one point he was overweight and he really struggled with his sense of self and those insecurities. So I think like, I don't know, for a lead to admit that they're feeling insecure and that they're able to like identify with those emotions and just kind of like share that. Like, I think it's really human and I think it's totally normal. And I actually wish we saw more of that part of the lead because yeah. I feel like that makes Zach more relatable. I agree. Zach is doing a really good job showing us more who he is. Yeah. I feel like he's getting more comfortable and I think he's, and maybe that's also because he's getting more confident with some of his connections. Yes. Which we're really seeing. I feel like the women that he, um, Charity used a really good word, but she talked about how intentional he is. And I thought, I was like, that's such a good word. It he, is. He, every interaction, he is so intentional and in his body language and the way he like makes eye contact and the way he, it's almost like he knows what each individual woman needs to hear because of 
maybe previous conversations he's had with them. Yep. But like he's not saying the same thing to every person. It's like, you know, this is how I feel when I'm with you. Please like focus on these things. Like I feel like he's very intentional about maintaining a specific connection that he's developing with like a handful of women. Oh, for sure. Like his acknowledgement that Jess has been really nervous and kind of having a hard time. He was really great about seeking out Katie and being like, oh, I was trying to connect with you earlier. Yeah, and are you okay? Yeah, I I totally agree with that. Versus like, I keep laughing. I bring up Clayton season a lot. It was a disaster, but in so many ways, it was also really funny. You know, Clayton, the, the former NFL player yeah. who basically talked to all the women like they were football players and he was their coach. <laughs> That's so true. And... I was a little worried. You're really impressing me. Yeah. Keep it up. Keep it up. Keep pushing. You got this. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas Zach is, I was worried Zach was going to be a Clayton 2.0, but and no. And Zach did play football. He did. I know. So I had some, I, it wasn't unwarranted, but actually Zach is really proving me wrong. And he has been, and I think case in point on the the night portion of the date, when Kat was talking about the difficult relationship with her mom, or before that and saying how she was scared to open up. Oh, that's it. She was scared to open up because Zach had such a traditional loving upbringing and she didn't. And, you know, she was scared to talk about things. And Zach looked her dead in the eyes and he's like, scared. Why are you scared? And I was like, yes, just listen. As soon as she said she was scared, I was like, ask her why she's scared. Ask her why she's scared. And I feel like most of the time on the show, I'd be disappointed with the Lee's reaction. But Zach, like, just, what are you scared of? Like, tell me. Yeah, and like sincerely, and you could tell that he was engaged in listening, and you can tell by the way he makes eye contact, and uh, it's it's really cool to see. So good for Zach for, good for, for Zach. stepping up, and really fun to see his and Kat's chemistry. When he described um, kissing Kat is like two meteors colliding and creating a star. It's like, Wow. <laughs> Did you hear that? No, I missed that. And also, I guess I have questions. Is that how a star is made? I don't know. But I think even if he's scientifically incorrect, I thought it was really fucking cute. <laughs> I will not respect for your <laughs> It was more rating. so like if a guy would ever describe kissing me like that, like meteors, no meteors, whatever, is like, wow. Aww. My kiss is out of this world. <laughs> That's pretty cute. I also thought, just Good a work, side Zach. note, Zach looked really handsome in the burgundy blazer at the dinner portion of the date. He absolutely did. I agree. Zach's fashion has been much, good. Yeah, much better than Clayton so far. He wore a red shirt on the group date that I tried to look up because I want that shirt too. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was cute. Yeah. Love a good short sleeve button up. Um, is there anything else about... Kat and Zach's date that you wanted to go into before we move on to the group date? Uh, no, I will say, because um, we're going to get to the rose ceremony later, but the fact that he pulls Kat at the rose ceremony cocktail party after she already has a rose from their one-on-one. Oh my God, I know. That was a move. I know, especially listening to Davia's reenactment of that, that Zach made eye contact with Davia. I felt like that was totally valid. If I was her, I would have been fucking pissed. Oh, me too. That would have broke in my heart because like there is nothing, like everything is being communicated in that moment. Well, and it would have been like a lot of drama if Kat had pulled him because she already has a rose, right? That's like a token fight mm-hmm. where if you already have a rose, like you don't need that time. The fact that Zach sought Kat out and just so they could play pool and make out and he could just check in with her. I'm like, this means a lot. Yeah. Like, he is so into her. He is. He is. He is. Um, Actually, so kind of moving on to the group date then. Okay, yeah. Which I think I have a segue here. So they go to a fish fry, which I was also wondering watching cats in Zach's date and that they don't eat. And I just think that if I were on this show, there would never be footage of me not eating. I don't know how these people are not eating more. So luckily we get to go on a fish fry for this date and you see the women eating. So I felt better about that. Aside from Gabby, who is allergic to shellfish. My girl Gabby is having a really hard time. Can't have shellfish. Peter Pants had the breakdown. Can't kiss Zach because he's eating shellfish. Oh, I didn't even put two and two together. She said that. She's like, I can't kiss him because he's eating shellfish. That's right. 
I was not my best self yesterday, so I missed that's some minor fine. details here. But that's thank why, you. For, that's why you got me. Thank you. Um, but I thought it was interesting. I don't remember who was talking about it, but they, the women, all agreed that they were going to be respectful and you know make sure that everybody got equal time with Zach. And part of me, like that, came up in Caitlin Bristow's season where all the guys like had also come to that agreement. And part of me wonders if more now it's a it's an acceptable thing for all like first off these women seem like they're really in like they like each other yeah, they're, they're being, friends and i just have to wonder is it a, an unwritten expectation that everybody's respectful of zach's or, or whoever the leads is time or do you kind of get the sense that as these seasons go on it becomes more like it's okay to discuss this and like come to agreements and when people break that you're out I'm not sure. I think something that Nick Vial brings up a lot is the mob mentality of the house. Right, yeah. And how the house in and of itself kind of becomes a bully because you either like conform to what the majority wants or, or you either become the villain or you're creating drama. Right. And again, I mean, this all goes back to like not here to make friends. So Anastasia just being like, hmm, I'm pulling him. Like, I guess everybody really at the end of the day does have to do what they have to do. Well, and I think. Um, Anastasia went into the date with some insecurities feeling like she said you know it's pretty obvious that Zach has formed connections with all these women and I am not one of the women he's formed connection with yet I had to go back because I was watching all of this with the with her pulling him and kind of upsetting Kylie to make sure that that wasn't like Frankenbitten together because sometimes you'll hear contestants say things but then you realize you don't actually see those words oh, no, coming out of the mouth. And but she said that in like an ITM, right? No, not even an ITM. She was talking to Katie and Greer. Oh, okay. At the side of the pool. And so when all of this started happening, the way that I read Anastasia coming into this was she knew that she was not long for this bachelor world, but being in the Bahamas for free is pretty awesome. Yeah, I'd love to be in the Bahamas for free. Right. Even if it means you give some guy a little bit of lip service to, you know, hang on for one more week so that you can just like stay in the Bahamas. Um, so I kind of took her pulling him as like more of an attempt to stay just because why not? I mean, it's hard to know because she maybe she likes him and she wants she wishes she had more of a connection with him even though she feels like she like doesn't have a chance to stay i guess i'm just saying like we don't know how into him she is that's fair it did seem really odd to me her reactions to a lot of things but when kylie came over and was trying to get that time kylie was somebody who was clearly having a meltdown and really struggling with like her connection with zach and yeah. i respect that she went over and asked for time but that whole situation was just so awkward. It made both of them look pretty bad. It did. I laughed at Anastasia taking initially, like acting like Kylie was really trying to fight her. Cause like that was maybe the first time I've ever heard any woman on the show use literally correctly and probably didn't mean to use it correctly. <laughs> and then it occurred to me, though, that that was a really big microaggression towards a woman of color to act like, because it was very clear that Kylie was just like, I don't want to argue verbally back and forth over the top of Zach's head. And also, that was a moment where I was like, Zach, tell Kylie you will come find her in a yeah, moment. Yeah, Zach should have stepped in. Well, so I read an interview today that he gave to EW because everybody, Entertainment Weekly... Everybody was kind of giving Zach some shit for that, rightly so. And Zach was like, yeah, but, you know, those things have to be between the women. And I was like, oh, so you mean the producers are basically like, don't get involved, let the women fight, this is good television. Yeah, that's probably totally what happened. <sighs> and I was like, Zach, you're better than well, this. Well, which is surprising, though, because he's pretty, thus far, he has sent home everyone who has caused drama. I know. So he kind of has like a no tolerance policy. He does. I know. So that was, it was interesting. I don't know. Didn't love that. But then the whole situation kind of devolved and I feel like took a lot of attention away. Um, however, so the microaggression really rubbed me the wrong way. And at that point, I was kind of just like over it. Um, I'm not entirely sure that Anastasia was there for followers or that she didn't have feelings for Zach, but it all just kind of felt weird and insincere. Like it was hard to read Anastasia's take on all of this. I agree. And I mean, 
It's a bad look if you are on the show and talking about any form of following as we know from Bachelor in Paradise with uh, Brendan and Piper. Yes. Like, I I do want to caveat and say, while it's a bad look and yeah, you probably shouldn't be talking about it. It's very unrealistic that any of these women are going onto the show not thinking about it because it's, you know, you have a one out of 30 chance of like ending up with the guy. Yep. So you also have to be going onto the show thinking, I'm going to experience something. I'm going to get exposure. Well, I'm going like, to travel. Also, women are leaving their jobs. It's not like every person's got potentially 10 weeks of vacation to take like you do have to get something out of this so I don't think I mean yeah like don't go on the show with the goal to come out the other side an influencer. but I also think it's really naive to think that these women aren't thinking about it or talking about it at all because I just find that unrealistic yeah I agree I feel like it's really and that sort of embodies what Nick Vial is saying of the house collectively becoming the bully of like, get out of here. Every single one of you has laid in bed thinking this through. Yeah, or like, am I going to be the next Bachelorette? Am I going to be on Paradise? Absolutely. Like, I don't know. There was a pretty funny episode of Community where they all realized they are being the most genuine versions of themselves if they just want their dead friend's money. And that that is, in fact, the right thing to do rather than try and pretend that they're better than that. And it sort of just feels like the same thing. Like, yeah, everybody's thinking it. And yeah, maybe not the best look to say it out loud, but Anastasia didn't necessarily, I feel like, deserve to be crucified at the end for that. But I'm also not sad to see her go. She kind of did it to herself. Like you verbally probably shouldn't be talking about it out loud. But I'm just saying most of these women are probably thinking about it. For sure. Um, Somebody cheated at, is it, what is, is it limbo? What is that thing? Limbo. How low can you go? Who cheated? I just remember being really kind of like, wait a minute. Somebody didn't go under it correctly. Well, the only- Ariel. Ariel cheated. But Zach didn't care because- Because he's like, I just want to make out with you. Absolutely. That has not (laughs) changed, by the way. There was a part where I think it was the later half of the date where she was like, I don't know, he said something about her being mysterious or something, and she's like, you can ask me any question. And he didn't ask her a question. He just started making out with her. And I was like, Zach, like, I mean, it was, you know, maybe they could have edited it. Maybe he asked her something. No, 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 but she sat there and she's like, well, my favorite color is green. And he's like, that's the question I was going to ask. And then just wildly starts making out with her face. Yeah, I was like, this is an opportunity for you to, like, get to know this mysterious woman that you have this sexual connection with. And he's like, no, I'm just going to fucking make out with her. Absolutely, that's all Zach wants to do with Ariel. (laughs) I don't know anything about you and I like that you're mysterious and I don't want to know anything about you. I don't know if we talked about it. I would kind of be good with Ariel becoming the next Bachelorette though. I think that might be really fun. I think I'm on board. I think we would need to see a little bit more range from her. I don't know. When she went and talked to Zach, I think this was later at the rose ceremony or no, it was maybe during that group date where she, like he was having a hard time kind of process. It was the group date because Kylie had gone up and told him that about Anastasia. He pulled Anastasia. He was really stressed. And Ariel went and was like, I just want to check in with you. Like, how are you doing? That's got to be really hard for you to be processing all of this. And like, I don't know if you need someone to talk to about it. And like, I thought that was kind of cool. I think she's got some good emotional intelligence there. That's fair. No, so- I... I like Ariel. I like how she's kind of against the grain of normal women we see on the show and that she's a little bit more reserved. Um, I guess when I say reserved, I mean, she's not reserved. No, no, I know what you're saying. (laughs) I don't think that, well, intimacy is different, but like physical, you know, making out, sex, all of that does not necessarily have to equate to opening up or being vulnerable. Like that's just something, you know, I think you can be reserved and also be really into she's just really fascinating and Mm -hmm. so i would like to see more of ariel and i think she's she's a different flavor for the show for sure which makes her refreshing yeah just my two cents on that one um the group date the group date was just kind of a meh in the end i think that that drama really ended up taking up a lot of it the one thing that bothered me about kylie was 
when she came back to the group after talking to Zach, instead of just owning what she did, she said, Zach asked me how you were acting in the house. Oh, yeah, that wasn't true. And so I went back and watched it again to be like, did he? And it's like, my girl, you just like brought up the drama, which it's okay. Like you feel the need to talk about this because you think Anastasia is going to talk about it, which is totally valid. But like, I just struggled that she went back and was like, Zach asked me how you are in the house. I'm like, he mm. didn't. Yeah, it wasn't a good look for her. She <laughs> had every right to feel kind of panicked yeah. about having to go home because she wasn't entirely truthful in that situation. But I also understand her concern. But maybe she was also intentionally like playing the game. I feel like the whole thing is a game for everybody. Oh, for sure. Game of Roses, if you ever want to hear the the gamified version of the current show, they do a really good job going into this. Um, I wanted to say something about Kylie. And I can't remember what it was. So maybe it'll come to me and I'll come back to it. But Were you surprised that she was so nervous in the last one? Because I was like, well, Anastasia went home. You know, like I think she was nervous. Oh, that's that's what I wanted to say. This all goes back to my question of like, do you gossip with your significant other? Should you at least on this show? I'm sorry, but the person who goes and tells the lead about things that are not related to them directly. They're gone. They go home. They never win. And I understand. I think there are some instances. I really feel like in Matt James's season, um, there was some serious bullying going on and Katie going to Matt James about that made sense to me because there were like legit problems, but it is never a good look to go talk to the lead when you're sort of just sharing run of the mill gossip or things that like maybe matter, maybe they don't, but like the lead should be the one to figure this out and you shouldn't be the one to tell him. Cause I think, I don't know. I don't know what happens in that moment. It's almost like you're friend zoned. It's like, Oh, you're, you've, I don't know what happens, but it never, they never win. And and that goes for the bachelorette and the bachelor. Like nobody is ever, they're always grateful. The leads are always grateful, but they're never like, oh my God, this makes me want to go down on you. (laughs) No, you Um, go home. (laughs) You're not going down. You're going home. Home. Yeah. Um, That's really interesting. I wonder, I wonder if it's because you have such small amount of time you have such a small amount of time with the lead as it is. Mm-hmm. And that's you invest that one-on-one time with them talking about, a f- and I don't want to say frivolous, but maybe like someone else or something that's going to occupy their headspace instead of creating more of a connection with them. Right. I'm not sure, but. But then also there is a level of which like you do kind of have to step in and defend yourself too, because yeah, like, of course. you've seen it go the other way where if somebody doesn't say something, you're kind of just doomed. Like if you, I think one of the things that he he brought up was you can't, you can't be involved in drama. As much as you can, you just have to remove yourself from it. You've got to take a step back if you really actually plan to get far. And you probably are right that by by getting involved in drama, you are now, you're putting yourself in a negative light in the lead's head you know, even if it doesn't involve you and you're taking away time for you to build those connections. But like, it's just, it's never worth it. Don't gossip. Don't tattle. Just stay out of the drama if at all possible. Well, think about it. The lead is, they're basically not sleeping a lot. They are um, socially responsible and they have to be on all the time. So they are physically, mentally, emotionally exhausted. Yep. And so if you even slightly occupy their brain in a negative way, it's like, oh, God, I don't have energy for this. And it's not even about you. It's about the fact that you might be bringing them something important. But now you are affiliated to that negativity. Yep. I can totally, totally see that. I feel like I would if I was the lead and I was like hanging on by a thread, uh, you know, in all the ways, I'd be like, oh, like I like you, but I also just like don't want to deal with the shit that now I'm associating you with. And yeah. it's not even you. It's just like. Now you're in you're in it. Yeah, I need you to STFU. Just no. <laughs> I get that. Yeah, that does actually make a lot of sense. So Kylie, I think just she did hang on though. Mm-hmm. Um but I don't know if she's long for this this bachelor world either. I she's think. the first person that Zach hasn't stayed home that was associated with drama. Yeah. So, you know, way to win, Kylie. Yeah, for sure. 
Well, I think partly that was Zach was literally there. And Anastasia was not going to be able to argue with Zach that Kylie wanted to, you know, physically get into an altercation. She blew that up. She did. And it kind of made me mad that she did that. It, again, it is a microaggression. And then also for her to go around and just like needlessly spread that all over the house was yeah, just like. It was obvious she was threatened and she was like. Yeah, that <sighs> hated that. Um, so, yeah, not great for either Kylie or um, Anastasia. Whew. Then we had Brooklyn's Day. I actually, by the time we got to Brooklyn's Day, I was like, how do we still have 40 minutes left of That's this? That's fair. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I will say the beginning of Brooklyn State. Um, so they went ATVing. Yeah. And um, they had a picnic on the beach. So after she um, nucks him after their kiss. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Okay, Jess, Jess, Jess gave me nucks. Um, I will say that the nucks were a little cringy to me. I was like, oh, God, that was cool. And... Uh, which you did, you said you didn't have the same the similar reaction to that. You thought it was okay. I laughed. I guess maybe it's not okay. And then like the awkwardness that I have would also like I too would maybe give somebody knuckles <laughs> after a kiss. <laughs> I did not feel that was that egregious, and I was kind of surprised by Zach's response. But now that you're saying it, I'm definitely <laughs> feeling like well, Zach might have read it right. I don't know. So we yeah. So we we they do the ATVing. They kiss on the beach. She knucks him. And I, I think I wrote like kind of getting friend vi- friend vibes from Brooklyn. Like I don't know, there was something about her that just didn't seem quite as in it. And then they go and have this lovely dinner, and she, uh, her past relationship experience, and I don't know. Maybe I could be reading into this, but there was something about how connected they felt after that that I was wondering maybe if. She, She's just a little bit more guarded because of her past relationship experience. And those are legitimate, valid walls to put up until you feel like feel like you can trust someone. Absolutely. And I think maybe that was just her being a little bit more guarded because she doesn't know like how Zach's going to process all of that, if he's going to be open to it, if he's going to be someone she can trust with her story and her trauma. And so I, I just thought that transition was interesting. No, I think that's a really valid and a good read of that situation, actually. I I agree. They did seem a lot closer after that. Um, but I also didn't see a problem with the knuckles to begin with. So. <laughs> so we've come to the same conclusion. I do feel like Zach is also really into Brooklyn. Yeah, I think so too. I think he's got a like a hand. I, I think my concern that it was going to be really obvious who he was into is not valid because I I actually rewrote who I think if I were to pick now who my top four would be. Oh, wait. Okay. You say yours and then I'm going to say mine. Okay. I think it's Kat, Brooklyn, Katie, and Gabby. I still have Katie and Gabby. I guess my uh, my two changes are um, Kat and Brooklyn. I'm going to look at my original But then like four. special shout out to Jess who I feel like he is also really into. And Charity, man, I get friend vibes from their relationship. Like, yeah. I think they could be, like, r- really good friends, but I'm not – I like their relationship, but I don't think it's romantic. Julia and Callie, um, they do another podcast, a, another Bachelor podcast that I listen to. They said that Zach seems – to feel really safe with charity yes. and it's almost like she's like a comfort to him. I agree. But I think, and so I do think that there is like an intimate connection in that way, mm-hmm. but I think you're right. It's a little bit more friend zone feeling. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not reading romantic. So who would your new top four be? I'm going to say Kat, Katie, Jess and Ariel. Okay. Who did you say again? I've got Kat, Brooklyn, Katie, Gabby. Okay. I, I refuse to let go of Gabby. I, I just like feel that like we have two same, two different. Yeah. Okay. But we're going to, I mean, we're sticking with our original top four. Oh, yeah. This changes nothing. Yeah. But it's fun to see how that pivots a little bit. It is. Now that we actually know things about the women. Yeah. But Zach definitely has some some good connections with these women. Um, I'm really curious how this is all going to go down. I'm not going to lie. After he pulls a cat during the rose ceremony, 
I wrote she wins. <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised by that. I fully regret not putting Kat on my top four. Did she was my best dressed. She was your best dressed. Damn it. Uh, um, really quick, was there anything else about Brooklyn's date? Um, I don't think so. Anything for you? No. I think she's very funny. I guess I relate kind of to her humor. And maybe it is because I'm also a little bit more guarded in a similar way of like, I get it. Yeah. And I love that she's relatable. In the words of a douchebag from Gabby's season, I love that she's a little bit more rough around the edges. Me too. I think she's actually really funny. Some of the stuff she says, I'm like, wow, that's, I love it. Keep talking. Yeah. Go Brooklyn. Um, Cocktail party. I just want to say that I loved Davia's white outfit. I don't know if it was a jumpsuit. I don't know if it was separates, but I would fucking wear that. She looked phenomenal. The fashion this season, man. RIP Davia. Yeah. Also, I was so inspired that I bought myself some gold hoops because everybody this episode just was rocking them. And I'm like, I am getting on this trend. I know that I am too old to do this potentially. No, you are not. Big hoop energy. Embrace it. Okay. It's done. I'm doing it. I am so excited to wear hoops with you. Yeah. I am am a big fan of the fashion this season. Also, I know I said it a little earlier, but I'm also really loving the women and their relationships with each other. I feel like it's, so cool to see all of them connecting and more or less even the drama between Kylie and Anastasia is so tame that's totally true this season I think it's an interesting balance of like less drama and more intense connections I agree we are I know it's not necessarily the best to be going backwards in some ways because you are absolutely right in that we've been through so much. Like, why go backwards? But if we're going to, at least I feel like... At least we're getting a love story out of it. Yeah. Like, I actually feel like we might get two people in the end who stay together. Well, in contrast, we just had, like, no love story in Gabby and Rachel season. And that was partially because of, unfortunately, the thoughtful, the thoughtlessness of the show. For sure. But I mean, their top four, we were like, who are these people? Are you, do you actually have connections with them? Well, and then you go back to Clayton season and he was literally telling three women he was in love with all of them. And you're like, what? I'm so in love and it feels so good. I love you, Rachel. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so cringy. Oh, my God. Yeah. So it is really cool. Like, I think Zach is doing a good job. I love that you pointed out that he's being so thoughtful in all the way that he talks to these women and that it's not all the same stuff. And it's clear he's got connections. It's also not clear who he's going to choose. Except you think Kat's now clear. I mean. Especially you're right after pulling her for the cocktail party. I just don't think that that has happened a lot. I think it's really rare for the lead to pull someone they went on a one-on-one date with and already gave them a rose. And if I was Davia, I also would have been crushed by that. Yeah, that was um, sad. And obviously Davia went home and so now we know all the things. But also Genevieve, like sad. I liked Genevieve. I did too. Genevieve was really cool. Uh, Anastasia, Genevieve, and uh, Davia. Did you notice? I think there was um, when Zach made out with Charity during the cocktail party. I think that her lipstick was like all over his face when he, he pulled away. I it was have really cute. Wondered this all season because also during Katie's date, her lips were so beautifully glossed, and like my hair just like briefly touches gloss lips, and the next thing I know, lip gloss is all over my face. Like I can't imagine making out. With somebody wearing lip gloss. I mean, I get a matte lip, but how the fuck do you do that with lip gloss? Yeah. I don't know. Sorry, I'm saying the F word a lot this episode. Fine. Our podcast. Just being my true self. (laughs) So we were told that we are not allowed to swear if we want to be monetized on YouTube. So for the record, we have like two people who watch our YouTube videos. You can't be monetized. I didn't even know we had two people. Two people. Hey, whoever Hi. you are, please tell us. We're waving. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's it. Yeah. Hi. You're there. Hi. Um, but you also have to have like 10,000 followers. So we're a really long way from being in trouble on YouTube for swearing. Yeah. So we got if, a long way to go. I'm not worried about it. I'm not even sure YouTubers are our demographic. That's I'm fair. not a YouTuber. Are you a YouTuber? 
No, I'm not. Joe's a YouTuber. So is Solomon. That's what Solomon and Joe both told us differently at different <laughs> times. We can't say fuck. And you know what? We can watch us. Fuck. <laughs> okay. Um. Anyways, the lipstick conversation. I yeah. think that's the first time I've notably noticeably seen like lipstick transfer. I've wondered though. That's that's where I was going. Like, does Zach just have to constantly go? get like wet wipes like how do you take care of that because all of these women have lips also isn't zach i'm sorry maybe this is like a brain fart but isn't he like kind of scruffy doesn't he have like a little bit of stubble no. or is he like completely clean shaven i don't know we'd have to go touch his little face well i'm just saying i don't i know because then you get like the redness the all rash around. and you know like i bet if all the if anyone has face rash, it's Ariel because they're always so hot and heavy. Oh, wait. Uh, Jim Jeffries said Australians call that pash. Pash. And then you get a pash rash. That's right. I did. I did listen to that, Jim. Je <laughs> this time listening to Jim Jeffries, I did not like him as much. I was like, my dude, you were being incredibly sexist. I'm not sure I'm did on board for this. Did you at least like the, the flag commentary where he's like, flag people. <laughs> Yes, it's dog whistling. It is. And I'm glad somebody else caught it too. I I mostly just wanted you to listen because I love that he went on like a rant. He did. He went on a couple rants. Yeah. Much like we've done. But um, anyways, I think that kind of sums it up. I think so too. I think overall the episode like kind of dwindled out at the end, but that's that's fine, I guess. I will say I thought it was funny that Gabby seems to be the person especially when all the women are sitting in the room, Gabby's like, we need to be like this. And she's kind of seems like the mom where she's like, Zach is stressed and we need to follow Zach's lead. He is looking for his wife. <laughs> I was like, she did it multiple times in the episode. I'm like, wow, Gabby's like, she's like the leader. She's like the mom. She's Yeah, mama bird. I'm here for it. Somebody's got to do it. Uh, still a big fan of Gabby, even though I'm feeling less and less confident. I don't know. Although, if we can talk about the preview next week, yeah, it does it. look like she gets the date. Yeah, it does. And it does look like she is in a gown she absolutely cannot afford, which tells me her. that she might be getting the pretty woman date. I mean, from an actual, like, make a connection with Zach perspective, that's not the best date. But as a woman, I mean... Fuck yeah, I would love to go on that date. I want that date. <laughs> they always get a pair of Louboutins. Yeah. Although I wonder what, I, is, do they get to keep that gown? I mean, we can talk about this more next week, but. I hope so. I know, but where would you ever wear that again? I would just like wear it in my house eating ice cream. Me too. Do a photo shoot. I mean, I would throw a party so I could wear that gown. Be like everybody else, just FYI, you will be underdressed. Or like dress to match, like do what you need to, but I'm like, I'm hosting all of you so that you Rent can see runway. me in my gown. <laughs> yeah. Fair. I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a really fun day. I agree, though, because I don't... Solomon hates clothes shopping with me. Like, that is... Yeah, like, it's not very enjoyable for the guy on the date. I mean, it's also not for the woman either because I can always read energy. And I'm like, fuck off. I know you don't want to be telling me which pair of exactly. jeans. But, like... Also, which jeans? But also, if you're first meeting someone, like coming out and like showing them clothes you're trying on, I would be super insecure and embarrassed to do that. Especially clothes like would never be clothes that guys would be like, "You look so hot, not." I'm like, hey, "Look at this romper." Man. Jess and I are. <laughs> Jess sent me a photo of this. <laughs> it was an orange vest that was kind of like fluffy towards the bottom, and she sent it to me, and she said, "Saul can't stop laughing." I was like, why? I love it. Not just like kind of laughing. Like he was like almost in tears laughing. And he's like, it looks like And I'm like, well, now I can't buy it. And he's like, no, it's fine. I'm like, you literally like laughed until you cried he and told me it. it looked like carpet. I can't buy it. But I told Jess, I said, men don't get it. No, they don't. So you're right. It's not a great date for connections. It is a great date to bring home a lot of good. Like, yeah, I would designer be clothes. <sighs> Thank you. Yeah. Joe would be like, we've been here for 15 minutes. Are we leaving? Are you going to wrap this up? Do you yeah. even know what you're looking for? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. Holding on hopes for my girl Gabby. London will be fun. Yeah. I forgot that's where they're going. Hello. We don't have to do that. But I just had to do it once. I love it. 
I'll spare everybody. Uh, drama rating. Oh. You go first this week. To be fair, I deserved that. I was taking a little bit too long there. Awkward pauses. Um, I'm still, I'm going to go a four this week. I feel like it was not as intense as Christina sitting on the stairs crying for Zach to help her. But it definitely, like, a little stressful, a little dramatic. Okay. What about you? I'm going to do a solid three. Okay. That's fair. Just because, I don't know, we've seen this drama before. Yeah. On this topic, and it's like, right reasons. Right reasons. I don't know. Yeah, it gets really old. So it it's not that it wasn't dramatic. I think it's just I've seen it in so many yeah. flavors before. I also have really bad news for Anastasia. Nobody's getting 50K followers on Instagram. Yeah. That's just not what's going to happen anymore. Like, it, long gone are the days where winners or leads got over a million followers and now people are just kind of instagram is not the place where the cool kids are very true i guess they're on i am on instagram i'm not on tiktok so i am not a cool kid actually mandy is the fucking coolest you're an exception not the rule also i have bad news you're getting older and you're not the the like i don't know the trends of social media are, are forever changing. But I'm totally fine not being on TikTok. Every once in a while, like you said, I know we're missing out on like valuable content, especially content that could be helpful for our podcast. Absolutely. But then but, China's spying on you. Yeah. Aside from that, I'm like, I already spend too much time on things that I shouldn't be spending time on. <laughs> I, I know that TikTok would just suck my brain out of my head and I would you know, probably lose another hour of my life if I had it. Yeah, I had TikTok for a while, but I never logged in. And Saul would send me all the TikToks. So I would log in and have like 40 TikToks from him that I'd have to watch. And I was just like, I hate this app. That's this too much. But yeah, there is some fun stuff. But I, I admire people who make videos. That is real. Making reels is an art form. Yeah, it is hard. Do you know what, Anastasia? If you can get yourself that 50K through engagement and, you know, whatever, and reels. Power to you. Absolutely. I hope you get it. Well, we are excited to see what happens in London next week. And with that, I think we'll sign off. Call it a day. That sounds really good. Bye, everybody. Love you. Bye. Drama Bonded is produced and hosted by Mandy Booth and Jessica Brumbaugh. Our production manager and editor is Solomon Brumbaugh. Our theme music is by Joe Waters. You can find more of his music streaming on the EP Jupiter Daywatch. Music vocals by Mandy Booth. Graphic designer is Pigeon House. Thank you.